There was hope, but no complacency being expressed about drug treatments for malaria at the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene annual meeting held here in Atlanta. Rachel Hallett chaired a session looking at new approaches to tackling drug resistance, and afterwards I asked her about some of the science being discussed. First, there was good news that resistance to the most effective drugs, artemisinin, had not spread to South Asia. The first talk today was reassuring, and that um, a study was carried out in in Bangladesh, and uh, there was no evidence there that artemisinin resistance um, that has been seen in in Cambodia along the Thai-Cambodia border has actually spread that far.、Um, It's an area where there's intense research in Southeast Asia at the moment to try to monitor parasites、um, that, at the moment, have、uh, what's called a delayed parasite clearance after artemisinin treatment, and this is thought to be possibly the first sign of resistance. But currently, it seems to be relatively contained.、Um, but、uh, as I said, it's a very intense area of research to try and make sure that、uh, these parasites don't spread beyond that region. From the lessons being learned, though, in Cambodia, what are the mechanisms that are causing this spread of Resistance, in, in simple terms.、Uh, well,、uh, at the moment, we really have very little idea.、Um, there's been a suggestion at a very recent meeting just before this conference that、um, the very early stage parasites that were targeted by artemisinins were, are perhaps now becoming less sensitive,、um, and that the broad specificity of the artemisinins was a key feature of their success. But now, if the early stage Uh, of the parasites are able to evade treatment. This might be、um, one of the mechanisms that's causing、um, a beginning of resistance. I'd like to come back to artemisinin resistance in a minute, but we heard also about IPT, intermittent preventive therapy. That again,、um, am I right in saying, was was a reassuring message? Yes, I think so. This has been、uh, an intervention that's that's being used in many parts of Africa in、um, vulnerable groups: pregnant women, infants, and also in children. And the study we heard today was in children, and、um, they were testing two different types of drug.、Um, Uh, one of which is an artemisinin combination therapy that might be used for IPT, and they showed、um, good efficacy and no selection of resistance in those、um, parasites. And in IPT, you actually use full treatment, as it were, as a prophylaxis, not not just low-level prophylaxis. So, so、uh, does this say that it actually works really well? It seems to be yes, exactly.、Uh, you get a full therapeutic dose, and depending on the target group, depends on when it's given. But it、uh, certainly in those vulnerable groups mentioned: pregnant women, infants, and children,、um, particularly in areas where malaria is seasonal. IPT seems to be a very effective、um, con- uh, intervention at reducing malaria burden. We also heard from Zambia about the mosquito as a factor in drug resistance. What was all of this about? Well, that's a, a fascinating.、Um, Observation that they've made,、uh, where they were studying mutations in the parasite that are related to drug resistance. In this case,、um, sulfadoxin pyrimethamine, and they found that the mutations、uh, that were present in a cross section of humans differed from those present in a, a cross section of infected mosquitoes. So,、um, I mean, this is is quite a, a novel observation, and I think it's something that. Should be that, that's worth much further study as to why the parasites、uh, appear to have different mutations in the human host and the mosquito vector. Now you've got a, a test here, a fairly simple test of a blood spot. What kind of impact can that make on this whole scene? That test been, has been developed by Khalid Bashir in our lab, and I think it's going to be a very useful tool. It's to、uh, measure、uh, what we're calling the phenotype, the, the、um, 
observation of delayed parasite clearance after artemisinin therapy, and this might be the, an early warning of resistance. So um, present measures to look for delayed parasite clearance involve looking by microscopy at repeated samples, but in a clinical trial situation, for example, in African children, it's not, very, it's not feasible to repeatedly sample them. So if we can just take blood spots um, for a few days after treatment uh, using a finger prick blood sample, we can look at the relative quantitation of the parasites and compare that to the human DNA, which doesn't change, uh, and use this as a tool to see if, the, if um, parasites are slowly clearing after treatment, and this might again be an indicator of resistance. And there was a comparison of whether you use a microscope to do this or the refined laboratory technique known as PCR. That's right. So PCR is a method of amplifying DNA. And so we can do this on very small amounts of blood. Um, and it, uh, it should provide a great benefit to look for delayed parasite clearance in a more high throughput uh, and less invasive way. And the payoff for this might be what? Uh, that we have a, a, an early handle on developing resistance. Um, as I said, the, the only uh, phenotype that we have of artemisinin resistance at the moment is that the parasites clear more slowly than before after treatment um, and so to really try and uh, pinpoint resistance early we need to be able to detect these slow clearing parasites um, in a much broader population. Now we've also been hearing about molecular pathways here that um, are offering quite a lot of promise for new drugs but if, if I could perhaps move on to uh, Dr Premji's uh, talk which was about efficacy of drugs. He was talking about half-life of drugs, the relevance of that and about uh, decreased sensitivity. Could you summarise what sorts of concepts he was bringing up for the future of uh, protection against malaria? Uh, um, yes, Professor Bremji was talking about the, the premise of using artemisinins in combination with a partner drug. Um, that's the, the WHO recommended um, treatment for malaria now. Um, we have a, a careful balance to make in choosing a partner drug and that um, ideally we want their half-lives to be quite closely matched so that um, the parasite isn't exposed to one or the other for any particular length of time, and this is going to delay the onset of resistance. But uh, in reality, we have a very small number of partner drugs currently that could be used, so we have to think very carefully about how we can make um, new combinations that might be better in future. And judging from the session here uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, was there a favourite combination emerging, do you think? Uh, well, there's a lot of uh, interest in uh, DHA piperaquine, um, which is um, being rolled out in several places or trialled in several places. And um, uh, one finding um, that's quite useful is that... Um, the resistance to piperaquine, which was thought might end up be um, related to older drugs, chloroquine and amodiaquine, this doesn't seem to be um, shown by molecular markers. So there's some hope that the DHA piperaquine combination might be a useful one for you know, the medium-term future. We were hearing about something called recrudescence. Could you explain, please? Uh, recrudescence is, is basically the reappearance of parasites after treatment, um, whereby they initially appear to be successfully uh, killed and they might be undetectable by microscopy, but later on in the follow-up period after treatment, they can um, reappear, they can multiply and reappear. So recrudescent parasites are an early si and, and again a sign of resistance to the drug. And, and, and what's new here? Uh, well, uh, we're particularly interested in studying um, recrudescence versus new infections. It's a very difficult thing to do. Um, if a, um, 
but again, it's, a, it's an area of debate, I think, that rumbles on at this conference is that the best way to determine new infections from those that are actually resistant and are recrudescing. And another important thing that we were hearing about today, and very interesting too, is compliance with taking your medicine, because um, uh, uh, Professor Premji was saying that, in fact, you may give medicines out, but people know very well they might run out of supply, so they try to stretch them. There are all sorts of practical problems, aren't there? Absolutely, and that's something that we shouldn't forget when we're thinking about drug treatment. In, in the real world, there are um, very, very great difficulties in infrastructure, supply of drugs, um, getting drugs to the people that actually need them, and then the way that they're used by the end user can also um, mean that increased resistance um, and treatment failures are more common. So, yes, the, the supply and, and use of drugs is a huge problem. Well, it was a fascinating session here this morning about drug resistance in malaria, um, but could I get you in your position as chairperson to pull together what the story is. Is it optimistic or are we in panic stations because we're going to lose the power of some of these new drugs like artemisinin? I think um, panicking is probably the wrong word to do. I mean, there's there's deep concern, obviously, um, and there are many people trying to really get a handle uh, before artemisinin resistance becomes a problem in terms of treatment failure. Um, in trying to define exactly the mechanism of action, what markers we might have to detect that and so on. So um, I think there's reason to be relatively hopeful that the, that uh, artemisinin resistant hasn't spread from its current foci, but um, clearly it needs to be tackled very hard and um, we shouldn't let up because if it does spread it will be um, a, a public health disaster. Rachel Hallett from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine talking with me here in Atlanta, Georgia at the annual meeting of the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene. For Audio News, I'm Peter Goodwin.